the queen of the dinosaurs, Tara Calloway, and you're listening to the rights and wrongs of wrestling. You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight's guest on the program is apparently either a dinosaur who has transformed herself into a human or a woman who's been cursed and slowly being morphed into a dinosaur and wrestler may be the only way to stop this transformation from being completed. Okay, all that stuff is made up. But anyway, she is the uber-talented Tara Calloway. She's with me, and we're going to talk about life, wrestling, graphic design, and passion projects, just everything under the sun. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the queen of the dinosaurs, Tara Calloway. Hi, hi. <laughs> is, is that a, was that a fair enough introduction? Not, not just made up stuff there, you know, that you get <laughs> cursed and turn into a dinosaur and whatnot. You know, that, that's a little bit false. I, I, I kind of love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that would be I terrible. Loved it. It, it, it was very creative. I loved it. <laughs> Oh, but how horrible would that be? You know, I, I know you love your dinosaurs, but, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you know, now, I, when I thought about that, I think uh, I was thinking a, a little bit of Lucha Underground because they don't tend to fly by the rules of, uh, uh, you know, conventional wisdom, if you will. <laughs> so so you could, you know, in, in that light, you could fit in into it. You know, you know I, I have to win these matches, otherwise I would just transform completely. You know, I... It's, it's silly, yet it would work in, in that environment. It really would. And honestly, like, I don't know. I kind of might want to lose because I'd be like, I kind of <laughs> want to be a dinosaur. <laughs> uh, you know, that may require some uh, us talking here for a second. Say, what is this love for dinosaurs that you have so much that you're you're willing to give up your humanity to, <laughs> to you know, that we, we'll have to go I, into that. <laughs> I don't even know. You know what's funny is like I'm up to, like my weird obsession with dinosaurs. When I was a kid, they terrified me. Like I remember like begging my dad to buy me Jurassic Park sheets when I was a kid. I begged him, I begged him, I begged him. So he finally bought them. He took off my 101 Dalmatian sheets, put on the Jurassic Park sheets, tucked me in for bed, and then I guess like 10 minutes. I don't remember doing this, but I guess like 10 minutes after. Um, he talked to me in. I just started screaming and crying. And he comes running back in and goes, what? I was like, the dinosaurs are going to eat me. And I made them change my sheets. Okay. So, <laughs> I was always like, I don't know. I've been, ever since I was a little kid, I've always been like around dinosaur stuff. Like my dad would watch Jurassic Park with me. We would do uh, dinosaur hunts where he would just take a tape recording of the T-Rex at the end of Jurassic Park and hide it under the couch. So we would go looking for, like, we turn off all the lights and we look around the house with flashlights. And then he would turn on the tape recorder and it would sound off the T Rex. 
And then that scared me so much that I made him throw away the tape recorder, not the tape, the tape recorder. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. And so I don't know if it's just like a when I grew up and I was like, wait, what are you, what are you doing? These are awesome. But I just I've always had some weird fascination with dinosaurs, whether they scared me when I was a kid or now when I'm an adult and just want to learn everything about them and love them. Uh, are you sure you're in the right profession? I mean, you might need to be uh, the I, I forget what the actual job title is, so I'm, I'm sure somebody will call me out on it. But I mean, it's, it's paleontologist. Well, I, I figured you would know. <laughs> I do. I actually, when I was in college, I looked into it, and I really wanted to do. It. I even started taking like archaeology classes and stuff, and then I realized that you have to do so much science. I just wanted to go out into like the desert and just dig up dinosaurs. That's all I wanted to do. I didn't want to do anything else, but to get to that point, you have to go through so many like biology and anatomy and chemistry, like all of these science classes. And I wasn't a big science fan. So I ended up like, all right. And I decided not to to pursue it as much as I really wanted to do it. (laughs) So what you really wanted is you wanted the land of the lost adventure to happen. You wanted to go into <laughs> you wanted to just go out and say, hey let's go search for dinosaurs and somehow magically be transported into oh my god there they are you know? absolutely <laughs> uh, you know I, I wish I could uh, tell you that that was going to happen but, but, you know what I'm never going to say never uh, well you know <laughs> that's probably the smart thing to do because you know for all I know you may actually drop down that tunnel like ah here it is <laughs> The, the dinosaurs. I told him you know, I was he was going to find them. <laughs> Foolish podcast exactly. host. It's... I was like, I knew it. <laughs> well, if you do, you'll be famous for all different reasons other than wrestling. So <laughs> this is true. You know, found the land of the lost. So <laughs> I think it's fa- pretty safe to say that the name that you work underneath came from the love of dinosaurs. Yes, everything, like, when I first started wrestling, I never really, like, did the whole, like, gimmick thing. I never really showed how much I love dinosaurs, but everyone knew, like, I always had stuffed dinosaurs. Even as, like, before I started doing the whole dinosaur thing, fans would bring me, like, stuffed animals with dinosaurs and stuff. So, I was always, like, people always knew, but I don't know. I kind of one day was just like, no, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this a thing. And so I just, I made it a thing and everybody has responded really well to the dinosaur thing and it's gotten, you know, pretty popular. And so I said, hey, if I, I can see. continue to do something that I love while being something that I love, then screw it. Let's do it. <laughs> well, you have it figured out. That is for certain. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I was joking earlier, but you'd be morphing slowly into a dinosaur, but you, but <laughs> Figuratively speaking, <laughs> you have slowly morphed into a dinosaur. Pretty much, pretty much. Now, where is that morph going to end? Now, I guess that would be the, the real question. I don't know. You know, like, I, I, I'm I, always finding new ways to reinvent this. Like, I'm, I'm not sure how many of your listeners are in the New Jersey area, but... On the 17th, I'm, like, doing another step of evolution for the whole dinosaur thing. So I'm still finding ways to make it new and fresh, and I'm 
I'm gonna keep doing it until I, I don't know, until I stop wrestling because there's always something new I can do with it. So I, I just, you know, I don't know where the evolutions are taking me, but it's definitely taking me somewhere fun. Uh, I think uh, we're just gonna say that the goddess of the dinosaurs has uh, somehow either cursed or blessed you, whichever whichever way that you uh, choose to take it. <laughs> And uh, she is subtly influencing your decisions. Like, ah, I need to do this. Yeah. <laughs> so, considering that uh, dinosaurs are way away from wrestling, <laughs> so I mean, you know, that's worlds apart. So let, let's go backwards just a tad. You, you've given me yeah. the uh, the background on your, uh, I guess fear and then love relationship with dinosaurs so how exactly do, do we go from hey i love dinosaurs to you know what i'm gonna get into the ring and wrestle well when i was and this is like it's funny because some people that i know have been watching wrestling their whole lives like i always talk to people and they're oh i've been wanted to be a wrestler my whole life i didn't know what wrestling was until i was 18 years old <laughs> wow um, okay you yeah know, you, you're the i second I had, interview in a row say, that's uh, done Yeah, that. like, you could say Hulk Hogan to me when I was 18, and I wouldn't know who you were talking about. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, I know, it, like, blows people's minds. <laughs> but, um, you know, someone had introduced me to it and was like, here, just watch this. It's cool, because he was a fan of it. So I was like, all right, let's watch. So December of 2008, I started watching wrestling, and... Everyone always asks, like, what, what was the first match that made you go, you want to do this? I don't have that. I don't, I don't know what it was that made me go, hey. All I know is that December 2008, I started watching wrestling. In March 2009, I was taking my first bomb. <laughs> so yeah. somewhere in there, I was just like, nope, this is what I was supposed to be doing. What am I doing? And just I, I, I literally just got up and ran to it. That is a pretty quick decision. That, I know. <laughs> now, now, granted, I will say that uh, that I have heard other quick decisions before where, hey, you know, you should be doing this. Okay, I guess I should be doing this. And was it did somebody uh, ask you should you do it, or, or was it just simply I saw it, I'm going to look this up, now I'm doing it? It was, I saw it, and I loved it, and I said I wanted to do it. Like, I've been an athlete my whole life. I played softball for 14 years. I played basketball, volleyball. Like, I did everything. Um, and I just quit playing softball. So I didn't really have anything physical for me to do. And, like, someone who's been an athlete since she was four years old, like, you got you to gotta keep going. Like, you can't just randomly stop moving. Mm-hmm. So... I had, you know, I saw wrestling. It was like, awesome. Like, I fell in love with just, like, the theatrics of it and the weird characters. And just, I loved everything about it. And I I research everything. If I can't remember something, I look it up. If I want to know something, I look it up. So I was curious. I was like, I wonder if there's, like, places to learn this. Because obviously the people on TV learned it somewhere. So at the time, I was born and raised in Las Vegas. So I was in Vegas. Oh, and it's hot out there. I just, Too hot for me. But go ahead. That's, I'm just, yeah, that's, just a random note. I was born and raised in Las Vegas. Oh, my gosh. Um, so I just typed in, like, wrestling schools Las Vegas, and two popped up. One was on the other side of Las Vegas. The other one was about 20 minutes from me. And I was like, all right. So I remember I called them, and I asked if I could come check it out. And they said, sure. 
I drove down there and it was like a big warehouse. It was in an industrial area. And I parked outside and I sat there for about an hour and a half. Like people had already gone in, people were already training. And I sat there for like an hour and a half because I was so scared to go in. And then finally, the owner, Legacy, came out and was like, um, you the girl who can't? <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess I should go in. And I went in, I met everybody, um, and I, I can't remember if it was signed up on the spot, but I definitely signed up and was in class within a week of showing up. Okay. So the yep. lure of wrestling somehow got over, me. overcame all. <laughs> now, you know, I'm going to... Uh, play the opposite side of the coin for a second because mm-hmm. it's almost as if when we speak of wrestling you fall into one or two categories very seldomly do you have somebody like yeah i don't care about it either one way or the other it's either hey i really love this and uh, i'm a big fan of it or i can't believe you watch that crap so how is it that you were able to get past that? Because you came out of a true athletic background. Uh, did that? Do you think that that had any uh, bearing on your ability to look at it and say that's uh, more is more to it than what the average eye uh, can detect? Because you already had a little play in athletics in your life. It's funny. Is like when I tell people that I played sports my whole life and I was always athletic, like people are like, oh, wrestling must have come easy for you. And it was the exact opposite. Like, yes, my cardio was good because I played softball and I ran all the time. But, like, in sports, you don't learn to fall down on purpose. (laughs) Like, you're not learning to take things to your face or to take hits to your body. Like, there's so much in sports, like, unless you play football where you're getting constantly hit, like, for like for a girl especially you're not doing anything in athletics that you would be like doing in the ring so yeah like my cardio was good and you know I was able to keep up with that aspect but I took my first bump and it was like the first like I had never felt something like that before I had bruises on my back from the ropes for days which is something that I would never get from athletics so it was just it was weird, um, and I definitely immediately had such a huge respect for wrestling because, you know, people were saying, oh, you know, basketball is a sport, baseball is a sport, but wrestling is not a sport. There, you have to have so much coordination and so much just know-how to be able to wrestle more than you do to have to do, like, a regular sport. With basketball, you have to shoot and run, dribble, wrestling you have to take care of yourself you have to take care of the other person you have to take care of the referee you have to take care of the fans like it's insane how much more you have to do in wrestling than you do in sports yeah uh, i uh certainly have a, a huge respect for it i mean uh, you know being a fan as most of us wrestling fans are uh and i guess other than the outcome <laughs> you know Everything else about it qualifies as a sport. I mean, by definition, is sports are an activity of physical exertion. And I think wrestling pretty much qualifies in, in that regard. I mean, other than the written portion, shall we say, the booking. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that, that there again, you know, that that's I guess that's part of what kind of drew you. You said the theatrics got you. Also, the, the athletics is kind of that, that perfect blend. Of uh, yeah, 
arts and and violence, theater and sport, however you, you know, <laughs> whichever you choose to kind of blend it together, it has that that perfect mesh. So yeah, have you found yourself having to explain it to to, to family and friends when you first got involved? I mean, telling them, oh, hey. My- you know, hey, I'm, yeah. I'm wrestling now, and, and the first thing out of my phone, you mean like WWE? Well, that's the thing is like my no, nobody in my family watched wrestling. Like, oh, my my parents didn't. No one watched wrestling. So when I went up to my mother and told her, oh, I want to do this wrestling thing, she was not happy. <laughs> and I mean, neither of my parents are happy that I'm in professional wrestling. They both would rather that I wouldn't be in it. However, every show in Las Vegas that I ever had, one or both of them were always there. That's great. No matter, yeah, no matter how much they didn't like it, because I've been injured multiple times throughout my wrestling career. Like, as much as they hate it and as much as they wish I didn't do it and they wish I went on and did something else, they support me no matter what. And so, like, telling them, oh, I want to be a wrestler at first, they were just like, oh, ha, ha, and I started doing it, and they were like, no, we don't we don't like this. <laughs> we don't like this at all. But yeah, it's it's weird, especially, like, I've got family members that don't get it, and so they're always, like, they'll comment on my stuff, like, stop doing this wrestling crap, and they don't get it. <laughs> you know, like, it's just like, you don't get, like, this is my love. Like, I love this so much, especially now. Like, now that it took me, I started kind of off and on training in 2009-2010. I started actually wrestling in 2011. And it took me from 2011 until last year to figure out who I was in wrestling and to figure out what I wanted to be in wrestling. And now I'm having the time of my life because I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this to, to have fun with my fun. I'm doing the whole dinosaur thing. I'm doing it so like out of this world like crazy because it's fun and so they don't get that but it's not going to stop me <laughs> well clearly not because you uh no <laughs> have marched on for quite some time but you you said an interesting comment there and, and i'm going to sidetrack off of you personally for a second and, and okay. get your take on uh just the wrestling landscape and see, see. Uh, because now what you just said is that it took you uh x amount of time to kind of discover who you were in the ring. Uh, how many years did you say that was? Uh, so 2011 until 2016. Okay. So, so five was... years. However, I would say about a year of that I had to take off due to injuries. So we're going to go four years. Okay. So four to five years it took you to really yeah. kind of assess who you were. Uh, one yeah. of the, I remember watching a documentary where one of the, the, the quotes that Jeff Jarrett was basically saying is that you know, God bless a lot of kids. They go up, get called to the big leagues when they do. But he said the problem is a lot of them haven't figured out who they are. They haven't developed an act, and as a result, they kind of go up there and they fizzle. Yeah. How important is it to you? Because you know, you're you're there, you're in the landscape, and there aren't territories anymore. But the independents do help you to some degree, kind of like give you a platform, let you work figure out what you can do, figure, figure out what you don't like, what you do like. How important is it, in your opinion, that those that step into the ring now kind of get the feel for who they are, find out their, their character or personality, whatever it is that you know you choose to define it as, 
before mm-hmm. they kind of, all right, I, I got to make it to WWE. I got to get WWE. You know, I know that's everybody's or 90% of the people's big goal, but but mm-hmm. some people don't do well when they get there because they, they're not ready. I honestly, I think it's funny because if you would asked me that question like two years ago when I didn't really know who I was, mm-hmm. I, would, I wouldn't have an answer because I, I don't know. But like now that I've <laughs> found my little like niche in wrestling and my own like little market, I think it's the most important thing because you can have as many flippy moves as you want. You can do as many flippy things as you want, but if you don't connect with the crowd, no one's going to give a crap. Like, Zack Sabre Jr. is amazing in the ring. He can do so much, but he's also super charismatic, and he knows who he is, so he works that into with the crowd, and that's why the crowd cares about him. And then you've got people, granted, some people hate her, some people like her. You have Nia Jax. Mm -hmm. Like, she has what she's supposed to be. I don't think they use her properly, but I like she has what she's supposed to be. She's supposed to be this big, dominating woman, and that's that's supposed to be that's that's it. That's that's all she needs to portray, and that's all she does portray. I, for the first few years of my like career, was just what I said was me ramped up to like you know a thousand. Like I was just overly you know my personality like on crack and that didn't i mean yeah it got me fans and yeah people liked me or whatever but it wasn't i was kind of just going through the motions i was just showing up to shows doing my moves going home like i wasn't really i don't know it was not empty but it was just kind of like all right like it's cool i like this but what else can i do what else can i do and then when it clicked to me like just play up the dinosaur thing like I know my strengths aren't, you know, I, I know what my strengths are. I know what my weaknesses are. So I play up my strengths and I avoid my weaknesses and I play my character. I'm a dinosaur. I play that up, whether it be a comedy thing or that be a mauling smaller women thing. Like I play that character and that's gotten me so much more and so far, so much farther than just being me ever was so whether you you're going to be like this out of control crazy character or you're just going to be you you have to have something to just you can't just be just a wrestler like you can't like look Kurt Angle Kurt Angle started out as just a wrestler and then he used that to his like he used that and brought that as a character not just him but as a character and then had all this charisma and had all of these like different attributes that he brought with him. And that's why everyone connected with him, either hated him or loved him. So people who just don't want to work on their personality, basically, and just want to go through the motions and get really good and then go to a tryout. Like, what, what's going to make you stand out from anyone else? You don't have, if you're wearing just black trunks and black kick pads and black boots, like everybody else, like what what sets you apart? What is going to make them go? All right, I remember that guy. Are you going to remember that guy? You're going to remember the girl with the giant dinosaur skull on her head. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like it's so important to know who you are in wrestling and to to like embrace that. And I used to, you can see it in my face in my matches. Like I was always just thinking, and I always had this weird thinking, like resting face in matches where you could see me just constantly thinking, I'm not really interacting with the crowd, not really doing much. 
if you go to a show now with me, I am telling all those fans how much I hate them, or I'm telling them how much I love them, or I'm yelling at the ref, or I'm goofing off with the ref. Like, I'm so comfortable now because I know who I am, and people can see that I'm comfortable and can see that I'm just, I'm being me and I'm enjoying it. And that's gotten me so much more than just knowing how to do a move ever has. Well, then clearly the importance is on knowing your stuff. Otherwise, you will get lost in the shuffle. Exactly. Yeah, and I I guess Nia Jax is doing what she's supposed to do. I don't know. I don't. Like, I, I get why people don't like her. I get it. No, I, you know, I, I do like her. I, I don't like <laughs> I actually like, do. You know, I I get it, but she's also working with a thousand writers and a thousand people telling her what to do. So the fact that she's still going out there and looking like a badass, like, you know, she's not just going out there and she, she's doing things that she needs to do and she's doing them well. Um, whether she gets written well or she's given good opportunities, that's not on her. That's not her fault. No, it's not. Unfortunately, the uh, you know the the powers that be, if you will, can fall in and out of love with you, and uh, exactly. <laughs> you, you can find yourself in catering land if you if you're not careful. Oh, I've heard it's really good, so <laughs> I, I, I'm sure it is. And if they're going to pay me six figures <laughs> to sit down and eat, then I guess that's great. But <laughs> where is Curtis Axel, by the way? But you know. That's... <laughs> I'm not taking a shot at him. I'm just saying. He, he, he. In my mind, he's like with that prime example. Like he got that quick opportunity, but you know who was yeah. Curtis Axel? Yeah, and that's the thing is when he came out being Curtis Axel, no one cared. They gave him something that connected with the crowd. People loved him or hated him, whatever, whichever way it needed to go. But it's like it wasn't just the moves when he was all about just wrestling. No one cared. Like no one cared. Like it's so important whether someone gives you the gimmick or you have the you've got to like have a personality of some sort and something to set you apart. Otherwise, no one's gonna remember. You know, there's there's so many girls in New Jersey that wrestle, but if they want a monster or if they want someone with you know the dinosaur skull or they want someone like they're gonna call me. There's no one else up here like me, and that's cool to have that own like your own little like market. I am my own market for wrestling and it's awesome you are i, I was gonna say i don't think there's anybody <laughs> like you across the country at this point yes exactly. <laughs> if anybody suddenly shows up doing the dinosaur thing i'm gonna say yeah i'm gonna have to call that out <laughs> yeah. i have done a show with someone named lucha raptor and i was very upset <laughs> what? Well, wait a minute oh hey, hey. It's, now you gotta you can't just go into that and not, not tell the story. Now you got to, you have to tell this. Well, I've, I've not heard of this person. Well, the thing is, I think he only ever did one show. Oh, um, okay. It was, but it was a show that I did, and I kept seeing them advertise someone Lucha Raptor, and I kept thinking maybe they meant me. I was like, maybe they just don't know my name because it was when I first moved to the East Coast. So I'm like, all right, maybe they just don't know who I am. It's cool. Like maybe they just saw a dinosaur and told and said that I was Lucha Raptor. And then I show up, and there's a dude in Under Armour shirt, green pants with leaves stuck to it, and one of those, like, um, Halloween masks that you can buy that's a Velociraptor. And that was it. And I was like, oh, 
You're kind of insulting my gimmick. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> but I, I guess in a, uh, I don't know if he did it intentionally, but we'll, we'll say uh, flattery. Uh, how about that? Does, yeah, we'll, we'll go with flattery. I don't know what, because I don't think I've ever seen him wrestle as that again. So I don't think, I think it was a one-time thing. That is that is some of the funniest stuff when I hear people like, hey, I like that game. I think I'll just take that. So, <laughs> right? <laughs> it, it, it happens. And normally when I see the facts similarly, they don't seem to last all that long. For, no. For whatever reason. Uh, your outfits. You, we talked, or you talked about the, the dinosaur skull that you come out with. Yes. Did you make that? I had it made. Um. <laughs> I've looked up and down for any type of dinosaur skull that I could find. I even looked up, like, um, the Pokemon um, Cubone. I looked up, like, Cubone cosplay. I looked up so many things. Could never find a dinosaur skull. It was too hard. And so I started hitting up people, like, um, prop makers and stuff, like, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? And no one ever responded to me because I guess no one cared. I don't know. Um, but then my boyfriend mentioned that his friend does actual like special effects for movies. Like he's part of a production crew that gets hired for legitimate movies and TV to do, um, props. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, let me, let me talk to him. Let me see what, if he could do it. So I sent him all the sketches and everything that I had for this. And he said he could do it. Um, $400 later, (laughs) I have. The, the dinosaur headdress that I come out with that you will notice um, on any footage or if you're at any show, only one person touches it, and that is me. I would bet. <laughs> We're not going to use this as part of an angle. No, you can't hit it. Oh, no, no. <laughs> not unless you got a good $500 to cover it. Oh, yeah, no. It was like it's to the point where I was at a show and I turned around and I saw it on someone's head and I went to flip out until I realized it was my boyfriend. And I was like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> I was about to kill whoever it was. Well, Tara, we have to settle down now. You look, look first, <laughs> react afterwards. Right? Just it's like breathe. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it, though. I mean, that that's a pretty steep cost. Yeah, $400, but it's one of a kind. It's made specifically to fit my head. So that's why, like, I can look down in it or look up. It's not going to fall off. It's wonderful. I love it. I'm actually staring at it right now. (laughs) So are we going to get another one made at some point in time? I See, that's the thing, because I always want to evolve. So I started with this. I'm I'm doing the next thing that's coming on the 17th. which I, <laughs> I told the promoter I was going to do it. And he goes, well, we were looking for a way to go viral. So that's going to be fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be insane. Um, but so, like, I am i don't know, because I don't want to do another headdress because I've already done one. So I want to figure out another way to make it ramped up. Oh. I, gotta, I just got to think of it. I can't remember. I remember seeing something in Japan. I can't remember if it was Wrestle Kingdom or what it was. But someone came out with an actual, like, animatronic velociraptor oh my I think goodness. that's at some point gonna have to happen for me oh you've invested a lot haven't you oh yeah i i want because like i said i want to set myself apart from everyone else so yeah i want to keep 
changing and keep doing stuff to make people make it like you know people won't stop talking because they're like hey she's got a dinosaur people talk about my dinosaur head all the time my people are going to be talking about the next thing that's coming out all the time like i gotta figure out new ways to keep people interested <laughs> well uh having the dinosaur heads clearly uh works that that's for certain. <laughs> it does, it does. Uh, the outfits uh pretty scaly and the makeup yes. uh also uh complements the outfits are yes. you responsible for the creation of your own gear so some of my gear I have made, some of my gear these creations in Las Vegas has made, and some of my gear a girl Angie Sky up in um, Canada has made. But I design all my gear. I pick out all my fabrics. I know, like, for the one girl in um, Las Vegas, I actually send her the fabric myself. Like, I, I purchase it. So I design it. I I engineer the whole thing, basically, and then I have someone else sew it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because my sewing skills aren't the best. <laughs> but you're a very artsy woman, aren't you? Oh, yes. I I am constantly, like right now, I should be working on artsy things, and I'm not. So, <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm always doing something artsy with my life. <laughs> well, I'm sorry that I'm keeping you from your Oh, arts. no, no, no. No, I don't even no. worry about it. I mean, like, I should have done it two or three days ago. Well, I, 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 I understand that. <laughs> There's always a slew of things that's on the plate of uh, most artistic people. I have my little productions <laughs> set for my videos that I have to cut, including this one, <laughs> and, and audio that has to be uploaded. Editing. You, you know the struggle. <laughs> I, I do. I know, I know the struggle. I got gotcha. you. See, now I also think that you have a little touch of graphic design tossed in there, too. Is that, that correct? That is correct. Yes, I am. Well, I started with graphic design. I've been doing graphic design since I was like 16. Mm. Um, I started with graphic design and then I started going, oh, this isn't really like hands-on enough for me. So then I got a button maker. And I was like, oh, this is still kind of cool. So I got another button maker and, and then I got a decal maker and then I just kept going. So like, I've turned into, I've gone from a graphic designer to a graphic designer and merchandising person, a merchandiser. I don't think that's a word. Well, it's <laughs> a word now. Yeah, you, I you do just it said all. it. <laughs> you, you've spoken it into the English language, so it is right? it's a it's, word it's now. It's a word now. <laughs> and apparently you have uh, licensed, or I guess leased or licensed yourself out to uh, various in the colleagues of yours to uh, have merch made yes you, you're just a little entrepreneur too i mean my goodness i am <laughs> i well, i'm one of those people i don't know if it's i don't think it's a mental thing but i have to be doing something at all times like i can't just i know it drives everybody insane but i can't just like sit at home and, and watch youtube videos or just like sit home eat dinner and go to bed like i'm not that person i have to be doing yeah. something at all times you kidding me you can't sit down and watch youtube and that's the best no i, no, I can't i <laughs> oh i get so mad when that's all that we're doing is watching oh i get so fuming like i have to be on the computer doing something or i have to be doing something like interactive it's just it's weird i have to always be doing something <laughs> 
Well, I guess that's a good thing. I mean, I keeps, it is. <laughs> keeps your clients happy that you're you're staying on top of things. That, that's for certain. Absolutely. See, I'm, I'm jealous now. You know, I don't think I can afford you. I would have got me a movie poster made or some, you know, YouTube thumbnails or something like that. I don't know. Well, that's the best part is I'm so affordable. Like, I've looked at everyone else's prices and I've seen everyone else, like, with all they charge. I am so, like, I am... I am the uh, the every man's man. Like I'm very low budget, very budget, uh, yeah, budget friendly. There we uh, go. I'm budget friendly. Well, you know, th- this is the portion of the interview where you should be cutting your commercial. So <laughs> exactly. You know, f- feel free to uh, plug yourself because you know the queen of dinosaurs, Terry Calloway, is also graphic design, button maker, merchandise. Am I, am I missing something? Here? I mean, I I made custom spinners for Jeff Cannonball. That's custom spinners. <laughs> I do it all. <laughs> there you go, and you can contact Tara Calloway at okay, fill it in. Let's see, uh, gimmick shop. The gimmick shop is all of my my merchandising. So the gimmick shop at gmail dot com or on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. That's that's where I go to for all of my graphic design stuff. Okay, so and I'll make sure that we uh we come back around to that again. You know, we have to make sure we plug that. Uh, of course, for promoters, you know, I forgot. Since we're under in the plugging phase here, let, let's go ahead and uh, uh get this out for the promoters because there is no place under the sun across this country right now that you're going to find a female <laughs> half woman, half dinosaur to walk into your ring and wrestle for the uh, entertainment of your patrons. Uh, if you are looking to book Callaway, where can they find you there? On Facebook. It's facebook.com slash it's a Callaway. Like it's a bird, it's a plane, it's a Callaway. Ah. Um, you can, and then all of my other social media, so uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Snapchat, all of my other social medias are just at Tara Callaway. Well, there we have it. And, and uh, we'll try to spin that back around for uh you promoters there again we want to make sure that we uh do our job in this podcast and, and make sure that she is covered and uh if if nothing else just the sight of having her walk down with that uh, skull on her head should be worth the price <laughs> of admission alone uh, <clears throat> speaking of which the sin raptors now i have a little bit of experience with mickey knuckles she's uh still, a uh, wonderful lady who's uh, come down to the city of Atlanta and its uh, neighboring uh, sub- suburbs and wrestled here on a, a couple of occasions. In fact, she's made claim on my camera uh, when I <laughs> when I have covered the matches. She's uh, and, and for those that don't know what I'm talking about, go go look up a, a match: uh, Mickey Knuckles versus Jesse Bell. Uh, in fact, I think she's done it a couple of times. She she always makes claim by licking the camera, and this is not this is yeah. not a rib. I'm not I'm not joking. Uh, and she has told me that I've licked it. It's mine now. So that's that's just a little side story. Um, but the Sin Raptors, what is up with this team? <laughs> you have a so, crazy person and <laughs> a dinosaur. Well, we um we met last year at a chick fight show or not chick fight a girl fight show mm-hmm. and we just immediately clicked. It was awesome, just kind of like getting to know her because I looked up to her. She's awesome, 
Um, so I got to like talk with her and stuff and she's just, she's so cool and she's so much fun. And I stayed in contact, uh, contact with her after that show. I just wondered like, how cool would it be if we tagged up? Like we're, cause we, we kind of somewhat tagged, we did a battle Royal and we somewhat like tag teamed everyone in the battle Royal. Mm-hmm. Um, which that out, out of context is quite a, quite a clip. Um, but I, uh, <laughs> You know, so I, I, we kept in contact, and then I told her, like, it would be really cool to team up with her just because I could learn so much from her, and it would just be a, a unique tag team because we're just two girls who, like, even though she's tiny, like, we're two girls that could kill people. Um, and so she's like, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. So we started hitting up a couple of promotions, trying to see what we could do. Um, there was definitely some interest in it. We started promoting it, and there was definitely still some interest in it. We haven't been able to make it happen yet but we're trying and it would be amazing if we could. Now, normally in these interviews, I save the things, you know, my booking uh, thoughts for the end. We call that the fantasy booking segment, but you know, I'm going to, I'm going to add a little bit something onto your your thing because it is a devastating combination of a Tara Calloway and a Mickey Knuckles as it is. Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) Mickey also happens to be the linchpin in, the, in another tag team of uh, equally destructive nature, Monsters, Inc., along with Dementia the Rose. That said, the three of you together would probably be oh my goodness. Just <laughs> a nasty, nasty, nasty combination. I'm just going to put that out into the universe. And, and, and I know that y'all all have done a girl fight, so if, if there's a promoter bold enough to book a six-woman tag out there that, uh, of some, I guess, innocent victims across from the other three, uh, <laughs> that, that could be, that could be fun. That could be fun for y'all. That would be, that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, you know, three girls, three Three girls just destroying anybody, man or woman. It'd be amazing. Well, I, I'm, I would just say, if you haven't seen Monsters, Inc. in action, uh, as they do double power slams on tables and suplex women through doors, uh, <laughs> you might want to get in on that action. So, Absolutely. I, I, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, for those that have not had the pleasure of seeing... Tara Calloway in action. Of course, you know, the best way to do that is live. You want to be able to see her in person because you can never really appreciate the uh, ability and the size and the scope and the the outfits and just the whole get up unless you can (laughs) see it, you know, in living color. But next best thing, of course, is video. And in this day and age, you're kind of dependent on having to post your stuff online. And I saw that you have a YouTube channel with quite a bit of material. But if you were going to tell a new fan, hey, this is a match that you should watch in order to get your feel and uh, really understand who I am, what match are you going to point to? See, that's what's because I have so many different ones like that I love on there for so many different reasons. Um, and what's and there's one that I want like I want the world to see, but I'm not allowed to post it. And it was me <laughs> versus Kimberly. Oh. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was amazing. It was so much fun working with her. Well, why, why can't um, you post it? What's the legality? Is because she? It's not because she went to WWE. 
Or is it just the, the no, promotion? It's, <laughs> it's a uh, it's a downloadable match. So you have ah, to go to okay, the company's to... page. You have to go to the company's page and download it from them. <laughs> okay, well, well, then let's not leave people hanging. Now, if they want to download this match, where are they going to download <laughs> it and, and watch it? I believe it's uh, RogueWomenWarriors.com. If it's not that, you can absolutely find it on AtomicChampionshipWrestling.com. Okay. It's a company out in uh, Pennsylvania that's run by Lafisto and her husband. Ah, okay. That's, yeah. Now, you know, I'm just going to say, now, for those that are listening that are, you know, just cheap, y'all might, if you butter up Tara enough, maybe, not, I'm, let me not say that. No, I don't, she, she, we don't want to cause no, <laughs> no trouble with her. Don't get me in trouble. <laughs> I guess, you know, we don't want to get you in trouble. I was just kidding, folks. I was just kidding. We, we, we're not going to have her giving you no free matches, no matter what kind of dinosaur bribes you send her. So... <laughs> So we will we'll move on. I, I'll uh, if I find it, I'll put a link down there. If not, uh, be sure to look up. Uh, was that Rogue Rogue Wrestling? Rogue Women's Warrior. Rogue Women Warriors. Oh my goodness, it's a tongue twister for some reason. It, it is Rogue Women. See that the R and the W. That that kind of rolls the Rogue yeah, Women it's Warriors. Yeah, a weird so, combo. <laughs> so there you go. If you at least Look through it there, and you can see Terry and maybe one of the last uh, matches of Kimberly as an independent. So that that is historic in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I find that you, when I was going through some research with uh, your career, that you are a multi-talented woman. We've already seen the the graphic design side of you, apparently. You are an accomplished author as well. Is is, 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 is that it? Kicking out at two? Can you tell me about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I am technically a published author. Um, I don't downplay it now. Wait, you know, we're down, we got We got to rewind this. Not technically, and you need to say that with some gusto. I am an accomplished published author. <laughs> I say technically because I'm the one who published myself. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> okay, then I am a published author. Yeah, yo, they, when you make a movie out of your own pocket, they don't say, well, technically I'm a director. No, that's, that's, I did it. <laughs> it's true. Um, I run an online organization that's called Dropkick Depression, and it's a, an online like internet hub for people that want help with, you know, if there's someone that needs to vent, because they're depressed or if someone wants to know how they can help others that are depressed or it's kind of like an array of different things for mental illness. And I decided that I like, I've, I've always been very open with my story. I've explained my depression, why I was depressed, the things that led up to it and all of that. So I've been very open about that, but I wanted to make it physical i wanted to physically tell my story so i decided i wanted to write my story down and then i realized other people might want to write their stories down too so i kind of rounded up a group of people all with different stories to tell either about suicide or about uh, mental illness depression whatever like whatever you have uh mickey knuckles was actually one of them and I, we all wrote down our stories, and I published um, Kicking Out at Two. And 
two days ago, I believe two days ago, I actually just released Kicking Out at Two, Volume Two. So now there are actually two books that are running around the country, actually world, because they're worldwide, um, but that are, you know, telling stories of depression. And so there's there's a few of us that are now wrestlers and published authors. <laughs> okay. So so let's narrow the field of uh, Kicking Out at Two. You do not need to be a wrestling fan to read this. Even even though the terminology relates to wrestling, but you don't need to be a wrestling fan to to read this book. Not at all. It actually most of it, like I believe the first book, maybe two or three like mentions of wrestling. It's really not about wrestling. It's about the wrestlers. It's it's more or less to show that anyone at any stage can can suffer from mental illness or from depression. So there's people who have been wrestling for 20 years in the book, and then there's people who have been wrestling for only a year. You know, there's a bunch of, like, you know, there's people that, like, Mickey Knuckles, to me, like, I grew, like, I not grew up, I mean, in this business, I grew up looking up to girls like her, and so knowing that she's on the same level as me made me feel good, because it's like, oh, we both have the same problem. So if a fan picks it up and goes, oh, like, I, I watched this girl in the ring, she has the same thing as me. Like maybe that means I'm not alone. And that's kind of the whole point of dropkick oppression, not just the book, but with dropkick depression is to show that no matter who you are, whether you think that this person's a superstar in your eyes and you're a fan, we're all the same. We're all humans. We're all on this planet together. And we all, we all feel the same things. And, you know, we all suffer from the same things. So it, it's just to help show that we're not alone and there's always someone that can be there for you. Okay. So that was the primary motivation behind creating this, this book. You, you told your story a number of times, but you wanted a, a tangible uh, means to share that, which manifested yeah. itself into kicking out at two. And now we have kicking out two volume two. Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, is there a third in the works, or are you just kind of taking this as it goes? I've decided I want to do two a year, so the next one will be sometime in January. Um, and I've actually had a lot of fans asking me if they could write something. Oh, and yes. I was, so I've been considering it. I don't know if maybe it's going to be volume three or if it's going to be kind of like a, a spinoff or whatever you would call it. Um, but I'm going to do a fan edition so that fans of wrestling can talk and, you know, and, and get their stories out. Because who am I to be, you know, you're not a wrestler, you can't be in a book. Like, everybody's story is the same. Everyone has the same problems in life. Everyone wants to be able to tell that story. So who am I to tell them no? So I think the next one is going to be a fan edition. Um well, that's cool. I'll start working on that sometime in the fall to make sure that that's ready. But it, it's, you know, it's just something I want to expand more than just, you know, wrestlers telling their stories. I want everybody to be able to tell their stories. Well, that's that's a cool thing. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, entrepreneurial, and also you, you, you become somebody's dinosaur angel out there by by producing this book. <laughs> I, and, and I know you're going to try to downplay it, but come on now. You, you know that this is going to affect somebody. Somebody out there got this and needed to read it. 
when they got it. Well, it, it's funny because, like, I I never started dropkick depression to, like, make, like it, it just felt good to help people. I never started it to, like, get attention or to do any. Like, I always just wanted to help people. <laughs> and I always said that if one person was helped, then all of it was worth it. And I had someone, I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if he wants it out there, mm-hmm. but I had a wrestler come up to me at a show and tell me that because of me and because of how open I was with my depression, he went to a doctor and was diagnosed and is now on medication that like saved his life. And it was because he saw the stories and like just saw how open I was about it. And hearing that made everything worth it. It just made it all worth it because I put so much effort into it and I put so much work into it and I feel like people don't care or I feel like it's for nothing. And then I hear people like him tell me that. So I'm going to continue to do it because whether it's one person or two people or three people, it's doing something. Well, clearly. And I will back up to say that I'm sure, and I will verify this, uh, you know, even though I, I've only met you here, you know, verbally on, in this interview, that I'm relatively sure you're not doing the book just to gain attention because you walk to ring with the dinosaur hat, you know, and skull and, and scales on. So if there's anything that's going to draw attention to yourself. Exactly. If I want attention, I know how to get it. Yeah, I was, I'm pretty sure you can... You can muster up some attention if you really want it bad enough. <laughs> but, you know, I, I will say this. I uh, <clears throat> I did read about the Kicking Out at Two book that you did. I think it's, it's a wonderful thing. And uh, one of my closest friends uh, actually uh, talked to me about his depression, which I was surprised because I had known him since, uh, gosh, when did we meet? We met in 2000. And um, mm-hmm. up until maybe three years ago he was completely unaware that, oh wow that, that he was well he he uh won't go into his name he knows who he is and and he hasn't been uh he hasn't hidden this from from anybody but uh, uh he was diagnosed as bipolar and i mean mm-hmm. he literally kind of sat me down and uh you know explained all this like the the things, I guess, kind of in hindsight, it's like, you know, you remember when I was sitting there and, and ideas would just be bouncing off me, just bam, 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 bam. And then the next day, I'm, you know, someplace else. It's like, well, that was all of that. And I was like, oh, okay, wow, man. I was like, I had no idea. Uh, yeah. I, may, I may have to get your book for him. Oh, that would be wonderful. <laughs> you know, just, just, I think that would be a nice, interesting read. And who knows? He might have a story to, to uh, share, too. I don't know. <laughs> but you also have, I'm assuming, a video series to uh, kind of complement this. Is that uh, that correct? Am I getting that right? The Dropkick Depression Presents series? I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, and this is, the, this is the part of Dropkick Depression that sucks. I'm... Not I'm a one woman like machine. I'm the one doing everything behind Dropkick Depression. Anytime you see it being posted or see it, anything like that, it's always me. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, well can I I'm tell you a not... secret? <laughs> yeah. I'm a I'm a one man band too. 
<laughs> the and, podcast um, of so, the wrestling matches, all of this stuff is me. <laughs> there it is. The secret's <laughs> out. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Exactly. I am the man behind the curtain. That's, that's it. Um, but I, as much as you know, I do withdraw through depression. I'm not over my depression. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still very much in it, and I'm I'm obviously much better than I than I was, but. I get into these weird moods where I'm just like, oh, no one cares. No one wants to see this. No one wants to do this. So I started filming. Um, I started filming Dropkick Depression's documentary. I was going to do one on me, and then I was going to show that to people to get a few other people interested in doing it. Um, and I stopped because I kept getting in that no one wants to see me. No one cares. Um, I'm very self-conscious of the way I look, and so I don't like being, like, I know this is weird from being a professional wrestler, but me personally, like, not Tara Calloway, the wrestler, the dinosaur, but me personally, I don't like being in front of the camera and talking to the camera. It's very unsettling for me because I'm, like, I'm very, like, I have anxiety about the way I look and about the way, like, just I am. So I keep trying to start it and then I stop and then I try to start again and then I stop. So there's definitely a plan to start and to get it finished, but I don't know how long that would take because writing it down is easier for me than being in front of a camera and trying to say it. Hmm. Well, now we're going <laughs> to, we're going to, sidetrack here a second because you know video is, okay. is basically what i do so i so i want to ask let's assume that you complete it where mm-hmm. exactly is it that you want it to go youtube you just go put it on your own site is it going to go uh hit the festival circuit i mean what, what is it that you are looking to gain out of that i planned on um making it a digital download as well as an actual DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, I still want to. I still want to do both because I'm one of those people, I'm very, I, I want it in my hands. I'm a very touchy person. I have to feel it. So I want the DVD. Like, I don't like digital downloads, but I get that how I would get it everywhere. Basically, I would be able to, I can't ship things overseas. Like, the shipping would be astronomical. Uh, yes, so a digital download, you know, like, so... <laughs> um, I would want it to be a, a DVD. I would want it to be something that someone can hold in their hands. Um, that's always the plan. That's always been the plan. That still is the plan. But no idea when that plan will be finished. <laughs> uh, hey, I, I understand because video is a monster. And if, if it I is. Can, <laughs> if I can quote the line of my colleague, the business is a hog and it's always asking for more. So, yes, I, <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> it's a nonstop process. As far as uh, getting in front of the camera, you know, hey, I don't think, I, surprisingly enough, I've done this with a couple of actors, and you'd be surprised who, once they get out of the element, really like being in front of a camera or not. It's, some people can act great once I give yeah. them a script to do it. <laughs> Take them out of that, and they're like, oh, really? Do you want me to just talk? Like, yeah, come on. It's easy. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's something that, like, 
if I'm not in that Tara Calloway just mode, if I'm, you know, if, you can catch me at a show. If, if I'm at a show and you put a camera in front of me and ask me to talk, I'm fine. Mm. But if you ask me at my home to sit down and talk on camera, like, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this, but I didn't sign a do not talk about this, so I'm going to talk about it. Okay. Um, my boyfriend does deathmatch wrestling. Okay. And there is a, there was a camera, or there was a documentary company that's filming um, a professional boxer going to different countries around the world and learning different styles of fighting. They wanted to do a professional wrestler, but they wanted to do like a deathmatch wrestler. So they asked him, can we film, you know, a doc, like the one episode of this documentary on you? And he said yes, and they found out I was a wrestler. And so they're like, oh, we want to do it on both of you. So they came to our home for, and for basically for two days. We had to deal with a camera crew in my home and at a show where they were asking me personal questions. They're like, we're going through stuff in my home. They're playing with my cat. Like, it was very, like, unnerving for me. It was very weird to me. And I was very uncomfortable but i'm glad i did it because it was kind of me like conquering my anxiety but that's something that's going on at like a like it's an actual movie production company like that it blew my mind this is something that millions of people are going to see and i have to be me i don't get to be tara calloway i have to be me and so like it's very unnerving and i don't like it but I have to get over it at some point in my life, so I'm I'm taking steps to do that. But yeah, it's it's weird if you're an like as I'm Tara Calloway, you know, I'm an actor, no big deal. But then you get to me, and I'm like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what we're gonna have to do, we're gonna have to just go ahead and get Tara Calloway in front of the camera, and then just kind of subtly just <laughs> weave in a question like, so how's you know, then then get, yeah. get the real you out of there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's, it's, and like like phone conversations, as you can tell, like I'm very comfortable, I'm, I'm very chatty, I'm good, but you, if we were like sitting next to each other and doing this, like and there was a camera, <laughs> oh, I would be completely different. <laughs> you lock up on me, you wouldn't be able to talk. I mean, I wouldn't lock up on you, but I would definitely not be as chatty as okay. I am right now, which I feel very bad, I feel like I'm talking so much. This is good. See how see how wonderful and happy and bubbly you are. That's. I think I, we pulled back the curtain of maybe a bit much. I don't know if you'd be able to scare people after they hear this. <laughs> that's that's the other thing too. Like I've made children cry, and it makes me want to cry. Like it hurts me so much because this is how I am. And then I get through the curtain, and people are like, "Oh, you made that kid cry. That was awesome." This is like, oh god, I want to go hug the kid. <laughs> that is such a weird accomplishment. I, you know, I only hear those right? conversations from pro wrestlers. <laughs> did you see that kid I got out there to start crying? I was like, oh, yes, I did. I got it on camera. That's terrible. That's. <laughs> I mean, I've literally. It's, it's funny that you said it because I actually had a similar conversation. Somebody turned heel that night and it just broke her fan's heart. I was like, oh, God, okay. <laughs> it hurts. Like, it hurts me so bad when I'm making my entrance and I see that little kid reaching over the guardrail trying to get me to have, like slap his hand. 
that breaks my heart every time. Oh. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. It's so bad. <laughs> well, well, we'll just say it's Tara Calloway, your your alter ego, who's the bad person, not you. Not exactly. You. I, I almost every time, if the kid's around during intermission, I will be super nice to the kids. Like, <laughs> I always feel so bad. Do you overdo it? He's like, hey, can I buy some candies or something like that? <laughs> no. Uh, but okay. I've definitely accidentally, okay, not accidentally, I've definitely given away like stickers and stuff for free because I'm just <laughs> like, I made you upset earlier. I'm sorry here. <laughs> I have to make this up here. Here you go. Right. Here, take oh. the sticker. <laughs> wow. Listen to that. You know, <laughs> You, I think what I'm going to go just back to your video series just for a second. I don't know yeah. how big a project that you're you're looking to make that to, to be, and I'm sure that the, some of the people listening here, fans of yours, or or anybody else that's kind of gravitated toward this um, this interview, clearly uh, are probably very interested in you. Want to hear your story? If they if they haven't gotten the book, and I'm going to go ahead and say it now, you need to go to our site, and I will get that a little bit later on. <clears throat> Oh, well, actually, I guess I can do it now, dropkickdepression.com, and uh, <laughs> yes. and uh, get the book, you know, support her on, on these many different endeavors, but, you know, <laughs> you, you also have a YouTube channel, you know, and I, I'm just saying, if you're trying to kind of dip your toe into the water... Why don't you mm-hmm. just Why don't you just do like a you know a two minute thing where you just kind of put that out there and just just gauge the interest that some people have in, in hearing the the full entree, if you will. I'm just you know just saying. I think I might. I actually, you, and I don't know. Like I'm weird and think of this as an accomplishment, but I went live on Facebook last week. I know. And did. I that's, yes. That's the and whole reason I, I got in contact with you because I was like, man, I can't make a comment <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> like it was insane because I don't do that, and like I I know that I looked awkward or like was acting awkward, but also people weren't getting the idea of the whole thing. Like you're supposed to ask a question. Um, but yeah, like so <laughs> I did. People aren't engaging. Someone. You know that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like I just I wanted to interact with people and I wanted to like be in front of the camera and so. That's what that was. It was me kind of like testing myself to see like, can I do this? All right, I, I can do this a little bit. So I think I might do like another, I might do something youtube soon. I might do another live thing. Um, my Snapchat is a lot of that. It's a lot of me like trying to be comfortable in front of the camera. Granted, it's probably with one of those stupid animal filters, so you can't hear my voice, but still. Baby steps, baby steps. The baby steps. I think I feel like going live was like a really big baby step. So I'm I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> well, you know, now that you bring up Facebook Live, it's perfect time to replug your social media. So for anybody that's looking to find Tara Calloway on her various social media platforms, you're going to find her at Facebook.com/slash/itsacalloway, um, and then Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. All the other social medias, it's just at Tara Calloway. Fantastic. And if you see her go Facebook Live, you know, if, if you see her video, give it, drop a little thumbs up, you know. <laughs> I love the thumbs up. That's right. So it's, you know, or, or just, you know, comment section, bravo. 
And, and and I get it, you know, sometimes you have a lot of people that follow you and stuff like that, and for whatever reason, they just don't seem to engage in the stuff that you put out. Well, hey, welcome to the club. So I know. <laughs> yeah, you know, it happens. What can you say? Yeah. But we continue doing what we do. Uh, wrestling seems to have given you a lot. Do you feel like uh, getting into the business is been as rewarding as it appears on the outside looking in? I think so. I mean, I never got into this. I know I'm, again, this is going to blow people's minds. I never <laughs> got into this to be in WWE. Like, I, my whole life, like, when I played softball, was traveling. Like, I always traveled to different states to play softball. <laughs> if we weren't doing that, we were on cruises and going to different countries. Or all like I was an exchange student in Germany before, like all this stuff. Like I was always traveling, so I realized that this is something I could do. That I could travel. I was still being active, so I've always just wanted to travel and do this. Like just make this fun. And I think you know people kind of get thrown off, like oh you don't want to go to WWE. Like that's not the rewarding part for me. The rewarding part is meeting new people. It's wrestling new people. It's getting to travel. I. I'm going to debut in Maine in two weeks. Like, that's insane to me, being a girl from Las Vegas. Like, that's so weird to me. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, it's it's amazing the people I get to meet, the friends that I get to make, like, the things that I get to do. I just signed on to do, like, a movie where it's they want me to be, like, I guess the villain or oh. something like I'm the queen of the dinosaurs, but I'm like a villain. I don't oh know. My but they, I, okay, yeah. stop, I, stop. <laughs> we, we, this, you, you have a movie part where you are playing I, I, the queen of the dinosaurs. Yes. <laughs> Did you write this movie yourself? No. Someone <laughs> emailed me today, and it blew my mind. I was reading it, and it apparently. They were writing a movie that has to do with a little bit of wrestling and then, but mostly dinosaurs. I think, and granted, I prob and I'm going to say that this is the day that I was contacted. I'm not sure when this is airing, so mm. if the director of this is listening, like, this is the day I was contacted. So I don't remember everything that was in the email. He did book you as queen of the dinosaurs, after all. Yep, I don't. I'm very excited for that. I don't know like when the filming's happening. It's, I, he's still writing the script, but it's going to be wonderful. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, see, whatever money he's got, I need to get a hold of. Because I, I wrote a <laughs> wrestling script three years ago. I haven't been able to get this thing off the go. But I digress. I won't go off into that. <laughs> but, yeah, like, wrestling has gotten me a lot. Like I said, like, I've gotten to do everything that I've wanted to do. Right now, I, my next big checklist is I want to go to Japan. Once I do that, I'm sure I'll come up with another, you know, thing that I want to do. But I've gotten to do so much because of wrestling. I met my soulmate because of wrestling. I've met my best friend because of wrestling. Like wrestling is, is has given me everything, and it's definitely worth it. It's the hardest road I've ever been down, but it's so worth it. Okay. Have you been contacted, or have you contacted? Uh, locations such as the WSU, uh, Ring of Honor, the Women of Honor division, Impact Wrestling for their knockouts, knockdown, or, or just being, uh, knockout in general or any, anything like that? Or have you just, you know, as you said, 
the end goal for you isn't necessarily a WWE. Have you just been, hey, I'm enjoying the ride. I'm, you know, going from one city to the next, meeting new people, and you know, controlling my my image, my my uh, creative uh, direction, just just the whole nine yards. Has have you had either one of those, or you just been comfortable driving the car on the independents? I well, I definitely I've worked for WSU. Um, I actually did reach out to them first because I was out with a broken neck, and I wanted my return to be something that was cool. Like I wanted it to be a surprise and to, like to mean something. So I actually made my in-ring return um, this February uh, at WSU. So I've wrestled there. So I did reach out to them. Um, but I really haven't reached out elsewhere, like to Impact or anything like that, because I'm still, even though I know what I am now and I've found my image, I just want to make sure that it's the first impression is exactly what I want it to be. So, you know, I'm still working on some things. I'm still speaking some things. But once I finally feel like, all right, this is it, I'm going to definitely reach out to those places because I, I want to do everything. I want to try everything. I want to do everything. So if, you know, if, if I can reach out to them and I can do a, a knockout knockdown or a one-night only or something like that, that'd be awesome. But, again, if... I don't get to do that. That's okay because all I wanted to do in wrestling was travel and meet new people and wrestle new people, and that's what I get to do now. So, you know, Japan's kind of my one big thing that I might be bummed out if I don't ever get to do. But other than that, I've gotten to travel and do what I want to do. I, I'm happy. You will make it to Japan. <laughs> we'll just put that into so. the universe now. But you have just mentioned something that I guess we cannot graze over. You were out with a broken neck. Yes. Okay. Now we <laughs> please, uh, you know, I guess without being too graphic, <laughs> you have to <laughs> you have to hear the uh, how did this happen? Uh, was this in the ring? Is this uh, an outside of the ring incident or whatever the case may be? Uh, what, what what took place here? Unfortunately, all of my injuries, pretty much every severe injury I've ever had in my life has been in wrestling. Um, no. Yeah, but it was back in, I want to say August. I can't remember. Um, I have a really bad memory. I've been hit in the head way too many times, and that's not from wrestling. Um <laughs> I uh, it's from Not good. I kept. I got hit. I was a catcher. I got hit in the head a lot. No. Um. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I uh, I was wrestling, and I took a German suplex directly onto my head, oh my which kind of like accordioned my neck. Mm -hmm. And then about thirty seconds later, I was kicked so hard in the back of my neck that you can actually see the person's foot wrap around my neck. Um, so I didn't think anything of it. I just like, after the match and I was talking, I realized I couldn't turn my neck. Like I had to like turn my whole body, but I was like, all right, I'm just sore. Like it hurts a lot, but I also just got kicked really hard in the, in the neck. Like obviously I'm sore. And so a couple days go by still hurts so bad like the pain never went away 
and I was at my oh my gosh I'm gonna break all of the all of the walls right now I was at my actual job my real job um and I started realizing that like it felt like my like shirt was caught to my neck like I was trying to pull down my shirt but I was wearing a collared shirt so there was nothing actually like touching my neck and so I'm starting to freak out because it feels like I'm choking I started freaking out. I couldn't breathe. So my boss told me I like I had to go. We happened to be like around the corner from the hospital. So I ran to the ER and they took MRIs. They took x-rays. They took like, they did all these different tests to me um, to find out that I had torn all of the muscles on the side, on both sides of my neck and the bottom um, vertebrae on my neck had dislocated um and so the reason that i couldn't breathe was that my muscles were no longer attached and they were kind of like spasming so they inflated mm-hmm. and when they inflated it cut off my windpipe um so the it w- and what scared me of course because the doctor has to say this because the doctor's a dick she <laughs> tells me um if it had happened while i was sleeping mm-hmm. i could have died um, because it it would have it would have I wouldn't have woken up it would have choked me and, and killed me in my sleep. Um, she recommended I don't do anything to where I had to turn my neck. Um, she told me that if the pain got too bad to put on the neck brace, but if I could make sure that I didn't like nod my like if I wasn't head banging or doing anything physical, I wouldn't need one. But I could not do anything like anything physical including i couldn't sit up for very long like if i was sitting up i would have to go lay down after like an hour or two because i would have to relieve the pressure on my neck otherwise they would spasm out again um so she told me it was 50 50 either they're going to heal on their own or you're going to need surgery i had to come back in it was supposed to be three months i went back in two um and she said, we'll tell you then. And I had made up my mind, if I had to have surgery on my neck, I would not wrestle again. Because I'm not going to break my neck, get surgery, and then go do it all over again. <laughs> um, so I went back a few months later, and this was in December. I went back in December. Um, and she, oh yeah, so that was like, that was three months or four months. Um I went back in December. She said that everything was healing um, perfectly fine, uh, which I'm, I'm starting to learn is just what my body does. Because I have a torn ACL, MCL, and meniscus, and those kind of like they, they didn't heal. Like they're all still torn, but they've taken care of themselves to the point where I can still do things. So my body, my body is kind of it's a fighter. Um, so those healed. The dislocated um, vertebrae is fine it didn't dislocate again it's still like it still bothers me that's the one part of my neck that still bothers me actually is that one vertebrae i can feel like we're disconnected and it hurts every once in a while mm-hmm. but i still have neck pain um especially after i wrestle i recently started doing cannonballs in the corner which is not good because you land on your neck um so that it hurts after that but for the most part, it's pretty good. It's, it's hanging in there, but it was, it, it definitely gave me a scare because I thought that my career was over for a little bit. But once I found out in December, like, no, you're good to go. Um, 
she gave me the green light to start light physical activity. So in my mind, that means, you know, wrestle in February. So oh. that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing more light physical than pro wrestling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> let's, let's do this. <laughs> it's, it's slammed around on this hard canvas for the, the absolutely oh man okay well it sounds like somebody needs some ddp yoga and i don't even get paid by them <laughs> <laughs> i would love ddp yoga actually i've been saying that i need to get ddp yoga well you know they got their their app that's yes doesn't take much these days now <laughs> i'm just saying you know, and they they should drop me a little something because you know I'm just that's just free. You know, I'm not right. You might have just gotten them a customer. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. I hear it all about it all the time, and the studio happens to be located here in beautiful Atlanta. So what can I say? <laughs> so that that's a free plug for DDP Yoga and the city that I'm staying in. So I mean, come on, <laughs> I'm all over it today. <laughs> so. You have come back from a heinous neck injury, and yeah. uh, and as you say, your body's a fighter. You're, you're still going through the uh, the motions here. Um, yeah. As far as your future is in the ring, I, you know there are many, 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 many different types of matches that are going on. Considering that you've uh, just had this happen, have you? put anything on the back burner like yeah i don't think i'm gonna be doing that like i'm not gonna be climbing up no ladder or you know working a hardcore match <laughs> or stuff like that well i i've never been the brightest bulb in the pack um <laughs> oh, I, do one of, I don't i don't know where, I, I don't like where this is going but go ahead i want to do one of everything okay. and as much as i'm terrified of heights that means i want to do a ladder match i want to do a tables match I want to do a death match. I want to do uh, a cage match. I want to do one of everything because what, like, what's the what's the point of just having regular matches if you can't have some like a little spice every once in a while? Well, well that's <laughs> true. You know, I, now I will say this: <laughs> you saying that you're you're scared of heights. Now, my immediate thought that that was okay. Now, if I'm booking that, that would be the entire story. Like I, it, it would just, too afraid to go up the ladder. You're too afraid to go. I'm like, I mean, because all right, let's do some wrestling one on one here for a second. I mean, the, the general purpose originally, at least, behind stipulation matches is that the heel was always getting the advantage some kind of way, or you know, babyface couldn't get over on them. So you added a stipulation to give them a fighting chance, right? Yeah. So let's just imagine here, and I'm, see, I'm going into fantasy booking early again. That's my that's my segment. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> so let's just imagine here. I'm just going to take Super Prayer. I don't know if you've ever seen or met her. Let's say that you're the champion, and she's been trying to get a, a, a fair match on you, but as big and powerful as you are, you cheat every once in a while to maintain the title. Promoter says, <laughs> okay, we're tired of this. We're going to hang this belt up. 12 feet in the air or whatever the case may be and you know that's going to determine it this this is it this is the final match i mean this is the blow off which is of course what it should be so now you have terry keller complaining that i don't want to go up there that's not fair to me i don't want to climb this that's the whole story that's where it goes you know 
So, so your job is just to keep her off of it, and hopefully you'll develop the guts to climb up there and get the belt. You know. <laughs> but just the it's fact that you, right there. yeah, just the fact that you're shaking and looking nervous going up there would be you know great for the fans anyway. Oh, money. Now, now look, Booker's that that is a free story. Insert who you will as the opposition. <laughs> Yeah, but I better be the one in that match. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you got to be the one in the match, but, you know, they, they got to give you somebody. They got to give you an opponent. So they can assert who they oh, will yeah. as the opposition. You know, I figure give you, what, a good three months to, to build yourself to a ladder match maybe. Right. We, I think three months is good. We can do it. Okay, there you go. See, look, look free storyline I just tossed that out there. Promoter, jump on that. Tara <laughs> is ready. Especially. I am. Do this. Especially promoters up there in her area. So, you know, you, you got that going. <laughs> it's time for random questions. Now, now I, I've, I've almost worked out a sequence here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push ahead because, you know, I'm surprised at the length of time that I put in. It, it just flew by. So <laughs> It really did. <laughs> I, see how this is how good you've been. You've been... Uh, Oh. So so energetic and happy. So what I have for you now is the segment that I call random questions, but yours are going to be not so random because you have a certain theme that you've kind of adhered to. So it's going to be <laughs> dinosaur-themed random questions. Yay. So are you ready? I'm ready. Number one, favorite movie not named Jurassic Park? Jurassic World. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Here, here's one A, because I, I was anticipating one of those. I thought you was gonna say Jurassic Park two or something like that, but okay. <laughs> okay. Favorite dinosaur movie, not Jurassic Park franchise. Oh, see why are you gonna do that to me? Because I have to pull oh. the rug out. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm going to go with We're Back. We're, oh, okay. Isn't that the little cartoon? That's, that yeah, a, with the dinosaurs that come, that come to New York City uh, in, like, in the modern times. Oh, okay. See, you know, that, and I was thinking uh, Land Before Time, but yeah, I forgot about that We're Back. Yeah, We're Back. Good. Name, I mean, you're a pretty creative young lady, so give me a creative idea of yours that didn't work out so good. <laughs> um, one of my earlier days when I was just a manager, like they told me to come up with like some type of gimmick, and I was like, okay. So I turned myself into an Italian Guido girl, and basically became a Jersey Shore ripoff in Las Vegas <laughs> for for one night. I want to point out, uh, okay, one night. <laughs> did you go by the same name, or did you create a new? personality oh no i was evelyn something like hanalucci or something very italian um but i went by evie oh okay <laughs> so <laughs> is that a a, a a alias that most people are aware of or is that just kind of hidden uh, in the annals of time well if you dig far enough in my youtube you'll see a video that says evie takes flight Ah. And it's me. It's me being thrown like ten, fifteen feet in the air, and then back down onto the map. 
Oh my goodness. Okay, so there's your homework, there, fans. If you're listening to this, <laughs> just open up the tab and uh, go to her YouTube channel. You could just type in Tara Calloway, and and it'll come right up. Click that mm, link, yep. and then boom. I guess you're gonna have to go to a video tab and just kind of keep hitting see more until you find it. So yeah, you just keep digging down there. It's one of my first videos on there. Uh, okay, now she's got a few. Uh, like I said, I think you got like 60 plus, so it might take you a little while, but you'll get there. <laughs> exactly. Here, what are the dinosaurs? Dinosaurs? Yes. What is that? I don't even know what that is. Ah, okay. That is a animated series of alien dinosaurs who came down in the late 80s, early 90s. And I believe there are full episodes floating around of that on YouTube somewhere. I have to watch this. It, this is it, something I am supposed to go to bed after this. I think I will be staying up and looking for that. <laughs> if, uh, I'll, I'll try to send you a link so, so, so you don't. So you don't have. We don't want to sacrifice the sleep. I don't want you to like. I gotta find this. I'll, I'll just send you a link, and you can look at it at your heart's content after that. <laughs> But it's basically, you know, the, the, one of those old school cartoons, I guess the dinosaur equivalent of G.I. Joe or something like that. So good versus evil. Very, very kid friendly. Um, I, I guess the bonus question, who was Denver the last dinosaur? Probably would skate over your head, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there you go. There's two classic cartoons built around dinosaurs that you can go. Uh, does, does Godzilla qualify as a legitimate dinosaur? All right, so, one, no, he is not a dinosaur, um, but two, is the greatest thing next to dinosaurs. <laughs> okay, so, not technically a dinosaur, but you're going to give him a pass, is that it? No, he is a genetically engineered, um, well, not genetically, he is a chemically engineered, by accident, but still going to go with engineered, because that's the word I'm using, uh, chemically engineered lizard. That got turned into a monster. So no, he's not a dinosaur, but he is amazing. I like directly in front of me, like ten feet away, is a miniature Godzilla figure. Like I love Godzilla. Okay, <laughs> now now we have to ask which Godzilla are we talking about because we, we got classic Godzilla, we got uh, Godzilla nineteen nineties, which I didn't quantify as a Godzilla, and then we got the Godzilla that came out like two years ago. I've actually not seen the most recent Godzilla because I'm really bad at watching current movies. Mm-hmm. I'm talking original, like, need subtitles to be able to know what's going on. Okay, alright. Yeah, because, you know, Godzilla with Matthew Broderick in the movie was essentially uh, Jurassic Park unofficial. It was rough. Don't, 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 don't put it with Jurassic Park. <laughs> don't, don't put it with Jurassic Park. Okay, I, I get that. No, no. <laughs> I, I won't besmirch your favorite franchise because of that. Yes, please don't. <laughs> uh, okay. Largest dinosaur in the world was a... Well, it depends. Are we talking in the Jurassic World? No. Uh, legitimate. Series, or are we world. talking legitimate? Legitimate. That would be, I believe, it was a Brachiosaurus. Or unless we're talking... Are we talking about on land or in sea as well? Land. Lands, there would be a Brachiosaurus. Right? Uh, according to this, uh, uh, now I could be getting the uh, 
pronunciation wrong with it. So here we go. Titanosaur Argentinus. Uh, I can't even say it. Argent, Argentinosaurus. Is that? Am I getting that? That's. I don't even know what that. And, I, and I'm not even going to butcher I, the last portion of that. But but. <laughs> yeah, some of them are really rough to say. So I'm just going to say Google largest dinosaur in the world, and it should come up. I'm going to do that. Yes. I'm actually I'm not, no, like I'm actually doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this should be the I portion. You talking. I, I, no, no, I was going to say, this should be the portion where I should uh, play some, like, Game Shore waiting music while you uh, <laughs> Google it up. Let's see. Titanosaur Argentinosaurus. Oh, Jesus, what is that? Yeah. It just looks like a giant Brachiosaurus. Well, then, you know, maybe they uh, just renamed it. I don't know. It just, that's what I'm looking at. It looks just like a giant Brachiosaurus. <laughs> well, that works oh, wait, for me. Yeah, I don't even, I'm not even going to be able to come close to pronouncing that. <laughs> well, I was depending on you. I'm sorry. Like, I got the Titanosaurus <laughs> but that last part is just who in coolness. This can we just be a whole segment of us trying to pronounce this? It could be, you know, but I certainly don't want to butcher the name and come off like an idiot. See, they'll give you a pass. Let me let me just go ahead and say that now because <laughs> anybody that's listening to this is listening to this to hear you. You know, they're they're not worried about me, so they'll give you a pass about this whole thing. Me, they go like, oh, that idiot. So no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna butcher that up anymore. Uh, <laughs> The uh, normal questions that I ask within that the uh, random question segment is always ends with this. Now I know this isn't your goal, but you make it to WWE mm-hmm. and you meet Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. What is it that you want to hear him say? We got a job for you. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Well, well, you know, and I was expecting you might have something different because it wasn't uh, wasn't on the forefront. You you might have been a take it or leave it candidate, but if he's there and he's saying he's willing to offer you a job, you're going to take it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to turn that down. (laughs) (laughs) Or or at least the paychecks that come with it. Is that the paychecks and the travel? Again, all goes back to the travel. The paychecks and the travel. Indeed. Uh, I have done it twice here, I believe, within the course of this uh, conversation, but I will bring it around now officially. Fantasy booking. Fantasy booking. Mm-hmm. It is my personal belief that uh, every wrestler has at least one story that they're kind of put into their brains like if I had the opportunity to do this this is the angle that I want to pitch or do for myself so now I ask you Tara Calloway what is yeah. your fantasy booking it was something that should have happened and then the plan fell through I can't remember why but there is another girl out here who's kind of you know big bad monster she goes by Nyla Rose ah and we were going to have a, I can't remember the name of it, it was like a prehistoric 
fight. I oh, I wish I could remember what it was. It's the name of a video game. Um, the, the dinosaur video game. But we were going to come out with. I was going to come out with dinosaur weapons. She was going to come out with Native American weapons, and we were just going to have this insanely over the top weapons match with like dinosaur figurines and stuff. It was going to be amazing. And I still want it to happen. So I'm going to pitch, pitch that. Like, anyone that wants to see an outrageous dinosaur versus Native American weapons match, book it. Well, I, I think she's still in Japan right now, isn't she? I'm not sure if she's made she it is. back. So, is, is there an alternative to that? I mean, I, could, Anything that puts me in a cage. Anything that puts you in a cage. Yup. <laughs> hmm. You know, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here because I, I came up with with a uh, weird angle for you just, just off the cuff. So I'm going to say, if you were uh, in a Lucha Underground type environment to where the character yeah. of Tara Calloway could do some weird stuff on screen, give me a story. Ooh, I, like, do, do I need see, to see if it was Lucha, like, can I, like, can it be including Lucha, like, Lucha Underground current stars? Of course. Okay, because I feel like the queen of the dinosaurs needs to go put some, uh, some snake ladies in their place. Oh. Um, <laughs> now I love Thunder Rosa. I love mm. Thunder Rosa to death. She's a doll. Um, Cobra Moon, however, ah. is getting, she's tipped. She's tiptoeing that line of uh, of taking my uh, taking my thing. So <laughs> I feel like, especially because she's got like Luchasaurus. Like, come on, that's not a snake. You're just you're just taking no no no. That's my henchman. What oh. are you doing? So <laughs> I feel like the queen of the dinosaurs would have to come in and reclaim her throne because Cobra Moon, the pretender to the reptilian throne, um, and maybe have. A, uh, a cage match where it's not steel, but it's uh, it's bone. Or we'll go with bamboo because bamboo. Oh my! Is like oh my goodness! <laughs> you you have really gone. Is it bone? I mean, I feel like that's a story right there. It it is. I feel like it it would be good and it would be enjoyable, and I want to do it. <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna go back to the the original thing. I'm gonna toss that back out there. I think you need to work under the guise of, you know. The curse that I don't I don't know what dinosaur goddess or, or entity could be above you, but but you just have have a curse that requires you to win at these matches. Otherwise, I'm just gonna completely transform <laughs> into a dinosaur. Although you said you yeah, I, I want to transform. I want to go ahead and do a whole mile. <laughs> but but on screen you have to not want to do that. You, you gotta you gotta want to fight. True. This is where the acting comes in. That's right. Give you motiv- gives her motivation, her being Tara, the, the, the personality, gives her motivation to win inside of the ring. That, and, and hence the storyline continues. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we have, wow, covered quite a bit of stuff. And I, I, I think yeah. this is the, uh, the, the wrap-up. We have to get down to the... The social media, the I mean, you, you got a lot of things that you have out there that uh that have to be put off. So let, let's go down the line here. 
Yeah. Uh, for your book, kicking out at two, uh, and the Dropkick Depression presents. Well, the Dropkick Depression presents is still a work in progress, correct? Yeah, the uh, the documentary part is still a work in progress, but dropkickdepression.com has the book. It's got a bunch of apparel. It's got all sorts of stuff on there. Um, there's also on the About Us section, you can actually hear me open up about my depression for the first time in an interview. So there's all sorts of stuff on the website. Um, eventually, though, I will get that uh, documentary up. <laughs> well, well, I'm I'm gonna resuggest it. I said it before. It is on this podcast for uh, you know for eternity as long as the podcast is on the server somewhere. But I'm gonna resuggest starting off these things in uh, in increments, perhaps you know one uh, as we said before, baby steps. And if the if the baby step happens to be you know breaking out that cell phone and and uh, just Uploading a little something on the YouTube just to kind of share what, what's going on. I, I don't know what the exact uh, format of uh, Dropkick Depression Presents would be or what you want it to be, but I think that you have enough of a fan base that they would certainly be interested in hearing your story as you present it, whether that be Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, what have you. And, uh, hey, I think uh, they'd like to see it. Two minutes or less, and then you can just kind of build it from there. And, <laughs> and really, if you do enough of them, then you can just kind of edit it together. Right, and then all my work is done. <laughs> that, that's right. And then if you want a DVD, if you like me, you like bonus stuff, just toss in a, a match that's never been released to the public. <laughs> I like it. See, I'm, I'm, I'm working for you. There you go. So dropkickdepression.com is the site. Kicking Out It 2 is the book. If you want Tara herself, then you can go to Issa Calloway. Is, am I uh, am I remembering that correct? Yes, Issa Calloway on Facebook. On Facebook, and everything else would be uh, Tara, Tara Calloway, Calloway, including her vast personal video library of uh, matches, which you can scroll through on uh, her YouTube channel, including a lost uh, personality, where she was not a dinosaur, but she was a Jersey Shore ripoff. <laughs> yep, hair so, poop and all. Oh, oh, I was, okay. I'm gonna go dig through that so I can find it myself. So there, there we have it. I mean, that is a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff that we got through. And Tara, she's been fantastic to sit well, through and you. and and have a good time with me doing it. I had a blast. I really did. Well, I'm glad that you did. And uh, for those, you know, I didn't plug myself not once, so I'm going to do it now. Anybody that is listening and uh, would like to support the show, please feel free. Go to Women's Pro Wrestling Network, all one word, on our YouTube channel to see interviews and podcasts like this, and full matches and video interviews. And if she ever does make it down to Atlanta for a match, it hint to her and the promoters then I can uh, break the camera out and we can uh, do this in, in uh, face-to-face format and see if she's really going to clam up like she claims that she is. <laughs> uh, also, if you are on Twitter and Instagram, just go WPN Wrestling. If you want the podcast on audio format, because, you know, most people like to hear it that way, you can always go to Google Play and Stitcher Radio, iTunes, and, uh, man, I'm forgetting something right now, but... 
But uh, pod, Podbean, Podbean, go to Podbean, and all you gotta do is put in WTN in the search, and it will come up. And you can go just download the, the MP3, and you can hear Tara at your heart's content sound so happy as many times as you need to hear her. And as we said before, if you gotta, you know, if you want to send us some good vibes, man, go find her on our social media, give her a thumbs up, send her a Bravo to her videos and stuff like that, and we'll all be happy. Absolutely. So for myself and Miss Calloway, the queen of the dinosaurs, we want to thank you for tuning in to this particular episode. We appreciate your time and your support on uh, all our particular and creative adventures. And be sure to catch us in the future. And so long, everybody. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.